2: If you're like me, you spend lots of time poring over maps, looking at weather data, all in an effort to help predict when and where my best times to hunt will be. It'd be nice if there was a reliable source with all this information in one place. Enter the Spartan Forge app. Unlike some other predictive apps on the market, Spartan Forge was created from military combat intelligence experience tailored for hunters and stands at the nexus of machine learning and white-tailed deer hunting. No more man-made algorithms. This is a predictive model based on real GPS collared deer data, historical and predictive weather, and the next level of mapping imagery, all at my fingertips. I've been using the iOS app this season, and it has replaced all my other mapping tools. Visit spartanforge.ai and sign up today, or head to your iOS or Android app store. Use the promo code truth to save some money and download it today. Mobile hunters, if you're interested in upping your mobile game, then head to tetherednation.com and check out their saddle gear. There are a few things you can actually buy that will help you become a better deer hunter or give you the freedom to hunt any tree or any situation. This is the reason why I started saddle hunting in the first place and why I use Tethered's gear. I can honestly say that Tethered's saddle gear has changed how I hunt for the better big tree, little tree from the ground. It doesn't matter. I'm untethered by my gear to hunt the best setup for the situation instead of hunting for a tree that my gear can use. My current core setup consists of the phantom saddle, tethered one sticks, and the predator platform, along with an assortment of their accessories. So if you want to up your mobile game, head over to tetherednation.com. Welcome to the Truth From A Stand deer hunting podcast brought to you by Spartan Forge. I'm your host, Clint Campbell, and you're listening to episode number 329. Today I'm joined by my buddy, Travis Keith, to talk about hard seasons and being delayed is not being denied. So stay tuned. what is up everyone happy wednesday to you hope you are doing well hope you are feeling fine it is hard to believe that it is uh that it's almost april um kind of like where did the uh the winter go i feel like it's been nothing but freaking rain here in the eastern part of pa that is continuing to put a damper or dampening i should say no pun intended uh dampening my scouting efforts and so we are yet again in another weekend um of 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 pouring rain and miserable weather. That's going to keep me inside for the most part. So I'm gonna to try to make the best of it and try to get some work done. Probably do some gear maintenance, you know, a good time of year to just especially the trail cameras, right? Cause a lot of times you just kinda yank those out of the woods if if you're not leaving them in year round and you just kinda toss them in a box. Or for me, I toss them in a cabinet in my basement, you know, in my archery room. And uh and it, it's one of those things you should probably do more often. I know Chad and the guys from Exodus will give me grief about it, but I don't clean them out as often as I should. And so I try to be mindful. And, and when I get like a wet weekend or, you know, that I have some time that I can, that's not allocated to something else already. I try to take all the batteries out of the battery trays, you know, clean it out, use a little canned air, you know, clean out, you know, the, uh, you know, inside, like where all the, the menu buttons and stuff are, you know, spray out, you know, with some canned air, the, uh, the, the area that the batteries go into is just so everything's kind of clean and operational and ready for next year. If I haven't yet kind of get everything off the SD cards, um, reformat all the SD cards. That way when I do start putting them back in the timber, um, they are uh, ready to go and I'm not spending time trying to reformat cards and, and stuff like that. Cause that's just a pain in the ass. Um, So I think that's what's on my docket, uh, right now, just because, you know, for me, I usually start putting cameras back out in the woods, you know, in April, usually whenever I'm out turkey hunting, you know, I'll carry some cameras with me. if there's a spot I come across, or if there's an area that I know I want to hang a camera or I'm hunting close, you know, turkeys where I've historically hung cameras that have been good, I'll just carry one or two with me and pop them out. And, uh, and kind of try to kill two birds with uh with one uh with one stone but uh with that not a whole lot from a, a deer hunting perspective to report just a lot of jujitsu going on so we're just going to go ahead and jump into uh jump into today's show have my buddy uh travis keith on you guys might remember him it's probably close to two years ago since a lot since i had him on last that, that was the only time he was on Uh, Travis is from Oklahoma The way I learned or, you know, kind of became friends with Travis was actually through Eddie Claypool had Eddie on and, and Eddie, you know, uh, thinks highly of Travis and said, Hey, you know, it's a fellow you might want to consider having on if he would come on. And so had Travis on about two years ago, he and I've stayed in touch, you know, this, you know, during this time texting each other during hunting season and stuff like that. And he is just a killer, but beyond being a killer, like he is just one of those guys that, you know everything he does is intentional and it's with the right uh with the right reasons or the right purposes in mind and that's kind of how he approaches his his hunting as well and so it's really kind of interesting you know he he's a tactician and a strategist when it comes to hunting but for him there's a guide that's happening beyond the things that he's doing he's just kind of putting the work in but there's you know his faith is really what's guiding him through his season and through you know everything that he that he does and so the past 2 years he's had some interesting, not this past year so much, but an interesting challenge during the 2021 season um, that it really kind of seemed like things were kind of stacked against him. Um, but in true kind of Travis Keith fashion, uh, he ended up with some filled tags and he tells that story. Um, and then this past year, you know, was a, was, was a grinder for him. And they were kind of really polar opposites from one year to the next, uh, just in in terms of how much time he was actually getting to spend in the timber and had to spend in the timber to actually try to get something done and so he tells that story and and then there's a portion of this uh, past season where he made a critical mistake um, and didn't listen to his gut uh listening to that little voice in your head that you should probably always listen to uh he denied it access if you will um and it ended up burning him and so he talks a little bit about that and the lessons that he learned um from that but the big takeaway for this episode And what we kind of talk a lot about is that being delayed in life, whether it's hunting or anything else, is not being denied. And so with that, I'll go ahead and just jump into today's show. And as always, thank you all for listening. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Truth from the Stand deer hunting podcast. And today I have on my buddy. It's been a little while since he's been on, but I have the man on with two first names, Mr. Travis Keith. What's going on, buddy?
1: Hey, how's it going, Claire? Good, good hey. to have me
2: on. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad uh, I'm glad you were willing to come back on I didn't scare you off the first time. That's always a good sign, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Good time. Nice. I like to I always like to introduce you as the man with two first names. I always just feel like people with two first names are interesting people.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean you include the middle name. Sometimes I tell people like I'm like, Yeah, I've got three first names. Yeah. Know, it's like <laughs> Travis yeah. Ryan Keith, you know. So that that is three but, first names, man. Like for it sure. A, it has a has a ring to it. That's right. <laughs> you should have been a
2: you should have been a country artist, dude. Like I think
1: <laughs> C- yeah, cousin Toby. I tell everybody cousin Toby. And they're like, Really? And I'm like, No, not really. Like uh-huh. No. That's funny, man. Cousin, cousin Toby. Tell cousin yeah.
2: Toby to break off a uh, break off a ranch somewhere for some good private hunting. You know what I mean? No kidding. No kidding. <laughs> That's awesome, yeah. man. So how uh how are things been, man? How's uh how's Oklahoma? I've been watching a lot of uh, a lot of stuff going down in Okla- in Oklahoma this past week. And I was actually, as we were texting, getting ready for this uh setting up, you know, time for us to get together for this podcast, I was watching the NCAA National Wrestling Tournament, which was in Oklahoma this year. So I was envious of you. Uh, yeah, yeah. In-
1: yeah, Tulsa. Yeah, so- that was pretty exciting. Yeah, it was in Tulsa, so that's not too far. I mean, I work in Tulsa, and I've worked downtown in some of those buildings and been to the BOK and stuff. So, yeah, that was super exciting. Big deal for Tulsa, and that was exciting to watch some of those matches for sure.
2: Yeah. Oh, did you watch some of it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Saturday, I watched quite a few of them, and, man, it's just amazing, like, yeah. the athleticism of those guys. The level that they are grappling at is just, like
2: it's, – It's unreal, it, man. Yeah,
1: it's unreal. It's hard to hard to uh, explain, really. But they they're amazing athletes.
2: Yeah, it's hard to wrap your mind around, it. and like the hard part too is just you know wrapping your mind around like those are the best of the best in the U.S. in college, and then there's a level above that that like even the best of the best from that group
3: <laughs> right.
2: may never make it internationally, even if they want to, even if they aspire to wrestle internationally. You know what I mean? Like it's just right. It's right. it's crazy how you know how talented they are, and in, in that, even though as good as they are, they still might not be good enough to make a world team or an Olympic team, or right, or whatever the case yeah. is. The uh, the highlight for me, though, as a Penn State fan, was watching Spencer Lee get pinned in the in the semifinal or in the semifinals. That was that was that was insane. Yeah, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I couldn't believe. I mean, you know, I don't. I try not to. Uh, I mean, he's a kid. You know, oh, I say a kid. But he's in his early twenties, but you know, I don't ever wish bad luck on somebody. But he did kind of spur, right. you know, he did kind of shun Penn State. He's a Pennsylvania guy. Like I watched him all through high school. So it's like I've watched him since yeah. like he I don't want to say burst onto the scene. I probably started hearing about him when he was probably a sophomore in high school. So I watched like his sophomore junior and senior year pretty closely because I knew he was on Penn State's radar for a recruit. Um right. and I had my fingers crossed that he was gonna go to Penn State and then he ended up going to, you know, the dark side to Iowa. You know, which is te- which yeah. is terrible. <laughs> you know, and even still, I followed his career because I knew he was going to be really good. Um, you know, and it's just—I mean, I wasn't glad to see him lose because I don't want to wish like bad luck on you know some kid who's trying to achieve his goals right. and his dreams and stuff. But it was an exciting right. part of the tournament. I mean, it was probably the biggest upset in forty years. I would say, you know, is what they were right. what they were yeah, saying.
1: And, and what and Dayton Fix. I mean, yeah, I watched. You know, he's an Oklahoma guy, Sand Springs, which is yeah. local, and yeah he's just like an amazing freak
2: you know yeah and uh he yeah.
1: does a big upset
2: that was a huge upset because i was watching of course i was watching the split screen, so i was watching roman bravo young on the other side you know in, in the semis and i'm kind of watching over watching the Aruja match with fix and i was like you gotta be kidding me i was like "Aruja's gonna beat fix and, and like yeah. again, he's one of those guys like you know i've watched interviews with him i don't know a whole lot about fix other than just what i've what i've followed and he just seems like a nice guy like he's a hometown guy that stayed in Oklahoma right. to wrestle in Oklahoma and you know, does a lot, you know, he's a hero to a lot of kids that are around there and stuff like that. And I'm like, as good as he is, he's got like two world silver medals, like all, and he's just never won an NCAA title, which is just crazy. To right. Watch, you know, yeah. just going back to what we were saying, it's like those guys are like the elite of the elite. And then there's a level above that still.
1: <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's amazing. that but- that the level they compete at and the exchanges they're going through, it's just like, yeah, I don't even know how you they just did that. <laughs> yeah.
2: It makes my head spin. Like, you know, i I've been doing, <laughs> I've been doing jujitsu coming up on like a year now. And I wrestled all growing up and stuff like that. And right. I, and right. I have a buddy at the jujitsu gym who wrestled in college. And that's who I watched, you know, the, the finals with yep. on Saturday, we got together and watched. And, uh, just even rolling with him at, at, uh, during jujitsu training and just, you know, and he was a good wrestler, but like he was, average he would say for like college ranks or whatever yeah um and just rolling with him whenever he hits wrestling techniques and stuff like that because he'll still hit wrestling techniques at work in jiu-jitsu it's just like yeah he's oh, so yeah. he's so quick at it and it's so like it happens like now you know and i'm like i don't know what just happened you know and then to think like <laughs> you know and, and to think still he's like 31 so he's past like his prime of wrestling you know what i mean and then even when he yeah. was in his prime of wrestling he was like i was average you know what i mean i'm like yeah, it's just a whole different level, man. But Yeah, yeah. I my brother is like that.
1: He was he was a good he was a good wrestler and then he just he's been doing jujitsu for about two years now. Oh nice. And he's older than me, so he's like forty eight, uh, forty nine maybe. Uh-huh. But we're about the same size. He's a little bit small. He's about one sixty five, you know, but yep. And I mean he walked in the the jujitsu room just, you know, with wrestling skill and and he was able to survive and then slowly he's learning jujitsu and like now he's becoming like he's getting good right <laughs> yeah yeah that's <laughs> and yeah now, like it's it's he's it'll be a pain for sure <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> but uh it, but wrestlers like they just they can walk in and they can hang for a while i mean there's a difference between wrestling and jujitsu but like for sure you combine the two get a good wrestler and let and make have him learn jujitsu and you gotta a dangerous guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: It's uh you know, the one thing that it definitely helps with is uh, like your pressure. Cause people who have never grappled before. Like the idea of pressuring somebody is kind yeah, of foreign yeah. to them. And so, you know, even when I first started, you know, my wrestling, like it's funny. Cause I didn't, I couldn't tell how they could tell right away. Like I would just start rolling with someone. And as soon as we would start rolling, you know, once we like the round ended or whatever, they were like, you wrestled, didn't you? I'm like, yeah, yeah. you know, and they can, they can just tell by the way, like, you, you hand fight you grip fight the pressure you apply and stuff like that and so i was always like i'm not sure how, i'm like i don't know how they can tell i mean yeah i get pressure like, right i guess you know but yeah and uh until like i finally i don't know i was maybe training like six months or something like that and there was a younger guy who had just started you know i'm i'm 44 i'll soon be 45. and uh, you know he might be 21 22 something like that he comes in and and uh he's like hey you want to catch around and i was like yeah sure you know and so we started rolling and as soon as we Locked horns, I could tell he wrestled. And it's, I was yeah, like, I was like, oh man, some like 21 year old kid has a wrestling background. He's like three years removed from wrestling in high school. This is gonna be rough.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like there's just a, an attack and a, a forward pressure, like you said, like a go, go, go. Not it's, yeah, and that's not the, so much play it out and survive. And then, you know,
2: yeah, it's it, it's definitely that's one of the def, definite hallmarks is, is wrestling you know that was probably the biggest thing you know i had to learn was um you know wrestling was always all gas no break you know and yeah jujitsu is like you pick you pick your moments when to throttle the gas and then and it's all about efficiency of movement you know what i mean and so you got to kind of you know use technique and so you're not using strength so you're not tiring yourself out and and stuff like that because very early on you know you just get abused because you just you shoot your cardio like within the first like minute of a match and you're like, and you look at this clock and you're like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I got five minutes left. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) But, uh, it's funny though, because not to, you know, to transition into, into deer hunting, it's like, I just find a lot of parallels, you know, as far as, you know, how jujitsu kind of matches up with, with hunting just in terms of, you know, like the, the patience of it. And especially when you're early, you know, you do a lot of things out of, uh, effort, Right, and then as you yeah. kind of go in like your hunting journey, it becomes more. You know, you make decisions out of efficiency, like where you're like, it, it's you work smarter and not harder. You know what I mean? Where it's like yeah, it's kind yeah. Of, you can I kind can of, totally see that. Yeah, yeah. where it's like you, you've done it so long, you start to see things, and you see a map, and you're like, okay, these are the three spots where it would be any good before we even walk into it. Where you know, ten years ago, you might have had to walk that whole piece to find those three spots. With the, you know, even if even while looking at a map, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, I could totally see that because you just do you learn a, bit, a new level of patience and mm-hmm. and perseverance, you know,
2: patience, For perseverance sure. and and when to, you know, when to mash the gas and, and when to when yeah. to hang back. Because I think, you know, a lot of times, you know, I know last not this past season, but the season before whenever I was, you know, out in your neck of the woods hunting, you know, in the Plain States and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I made a couple critical mistakes just being overly aggressive. You know what I mean? Where right. where and it was because I just had never hunted that type of terrain before. And so I kind of calibrated those things or recalibrated that this year and got much closer, had better encounters, still didn't seal the deal, but like the hunts were better and productive. Like more yeah. productive, you know? Right. And it was just knowing when to be aggressive, knowing when to lay back and 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 watch and like anything. Yeah. You, you only get that by doing it, you know.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: But, uh, so, uh, how you, uh, what, what have you been up to in the, in the, uh, whitetail woods, man? You've been out doing any shed hunting, any scouting lately? Um, I've been,
1: I've been walking a few times this winter you know, I just kind of go looking for sheds and just kind of go on some walks and learn, learn some habitat or walk through old habitat. Sometimes, you know, a new light bulb goes off or you get a new idea or see some things change. And so you might see something differently or, but I've been out a few times this winter and I, I take my dogs with me. They they go on my I just call them walkabout
2: but
1: mm-hmm. we'll go walk and I've, I've found one or two sheds and um
2: nice. you know
1: kind of maybe piece together a couple of new ideas on the like there's what this one piece of, of property that I've walked and I've walked it for like two or three winters now but I've never like went and physically hunted it but I've I've got all set up and ready mentally and I, it's like one of these days when I go hunt it, I'm gonna look, I'll know it pretty well. <laughs> right, <laughs> but I haven't I haven't tried it yet. But like next year, maybe I'll I'll give it a try. But it's like I go and I go walk out there because it's intriguing, and then, and, but I haven't like physically set
2: up a plan and and tried to hunt it yet. But right, what's it, it's uh, what, got? I was gonna ask what's intriguing yeah. about the spot.
1: Um, I mean that is kind of it's just uh, t- kind of big, rolling, open, kind of. Brush oak type. It's 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 pasture, but it's open. It's uh, brush, kind of. I call it oak stage or or not O stage, but it's just like a brushy oak, and it's kind. It, it doesn't have any water access, so I'm not going to get to float anywhere. So it's back to walking a long ways and all that stuff, <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, it's just kind of big, and there's like two access points, and you kind of got to. It's like uphill from either side, and I think the sign is there it shows me that hey there's big big deer that live around here like Hmm. you know you can tell that from rubs and whatnot right and but once i've walked around it's like man they've really got a good advantage just i think they live up here on top of these points and then they go from it's like island go from this island to timber style island to that island and and then they can they they kind of got the drop so i think it would be quite a challenge to get out there and hunt one but i think once you got up got up there and kind of got amongst them and you know had the right day during the rut etc like you could probably see some pretty cool stuff i bet and it just it about the, the surrounding property north and south of private it kind of looks like big probably you know uh maybe managed hunted you know type of ground so like it just has the ingredients that says there's probably some good bucks that live in there and stuff i've walked it a lot i haven't like found a physical antler or anything like that but like i can, right. just, you can walk around and tell yeah there's some big ones that cruise through here you know and it's like right. i bet you know
2: but
3: what,
1: uh
2: so what's uh what's keeping you from uh from hunting it because it sounds like just from the walkabouts it sounds like it's you know like it's showing you everything you know that i don't you, know that like you need.
1: I, I have I, i've got a couple other places that have been like you know i've tried this or been reliable that and i really you know I, I love the canoe thing and trying to access stuff yeah. like super sneaky, stealthy. And then like I've gotten to where I hate walking long. It's not that I'm lazy. I'll, I'll walk like, you know, long distance or whatever, but I like being super sneaky. And sometimes I feel like when I just take off walking, it's like, yeah, they're going to know I'm coming.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I totally get that. No. Like I, I do prefer using water access to like, not just, I mean, I, I love the, sne- not, the sneaky not aspect water,
1: of it. If I had like the perfect, foot access, this is just like it's uphill and it's long ways in the dark both ways and like it's they're just gonna know you're just gonna have to get up you can bump a few and get up there amongst them, I guess.
3: And right. Uh
1: but it'll probably be long days and you'll see a a, a couple deer all day long, probably, you know, like one early and one late or something. Right. I just haven't haven't haven't, you know, I hunted close to there. I was camped by there and I hunted, you know. <laughs> I hunted some places right around, but I haven't physically went, went up on that one spot yet. But. Right, right. That deer I killed, the late season, we'll talk about it in a minute. It was not too far from that place.
2: But. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. There, there's always a couple places every year that I never that I never get to that I find, and I'm like, oh, man, this would be a great spot.
3: Yeah,
1: and well, then, I mean, like, you can get a ton of ideas, and then, like, it comes to season, like, say 14 days, two weeks off, or whatever, like. That's right. The wind only blows up so many directions (laughs) in in two weeks. And like, if you're going to be here or there or there or there, then you didn't even make it to, you know, the other spots you had in mind, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say,
2: I would say in a given year, you know, I'm, I make it to less than, I probably only make it to like a third of the spots, actually hunt like a third of the spots that I have kind of outlined in a given season. Yeah. If that, I would say some seasons it's even less. And, and some of that is yeah. work schedule, weather, wind related, you know, and if I know there's a decent deer in that area or not, you know, cause if I don't think there's a good one in there, whether it's trail camera or whether it's sign or whatever the case is, then I just don't spend time there, you know, it's like right. something has to tell me that I should be there. Um, now, sometimes I will find a brand new place and I may not know a whole lot about. And I might have a bad wind for some of my prime areas. And I'm like, eh, I'm not gonna go in there yet. It seems I'm probably like two weeks too early before that spot really is is peak time to hunt that spot. And so yeah. even if it's not a great wind for the new spot, I might just go hunt it anyway to see what the wind does there. You know what I mean? To make sure right. it's like, yeah, so when I get an east wind, I know it's gonna blow east or hey, in the morning and the thermals rise and you get an east wind, if it's not seven mile per hour or better, like, you know, the thermals are really going to affect the, my, my wind direction in that spot. Or just so I kind of start to get a little bit of Intel about it. So that way, when I do have a good deer that I know is in that area that the first time I'm hunting, it isn't when I'm still trying to figure out what the wind and like, you know, my access yeah, and all exactly. that stuff, you know? So do you, how much do you do that? Or, or most of your hunts pretty well dialed and strategic? Um, I mean, like a, a lot of my,
1: you know, in the past few years, it's like, I feel pretty safe. Like if it's like, I'm gonna go, you know, float in here and access it like this, the wind needs to be like that. And it's kind of like a no brainer. Like, you know, the wind needs to be out of the east. It's blowing back across the creek and the deer are gonna walk, you know, north and south or something.
3: Right. But,
1: um, that's, you know, and I, and I've heard it from other people, you know, and I, I may try to get the wind too far, like in my favor, like where it's like totally in my favor, and a lot of times, when the wind is, you know, like say if it was uh, that that same tree where I'm saying it needs to be east, I, I realized that oh, I can actually sit there when it's out south because that bank sticks out just enough that like the wind will blow right up the edge of the bank, and that kind of gives that, that deer like that gives him ninety percent favor, you know, and me like ten percent, and right. and you know they feel safe for traveling like that, you know, rather than. When it's just totally against their nose, so yeah, uh, I think that plays the key into it
2: a bit, but. For sure, For sure. So, one, yeah. do you have like a? I'm always late to the game, man. Like that's, I feel like every year I'm behind the eight ball, and, and some of it's weather, because yeah. the one north, the one piece in the north, I, I like to – big woods piece. I've been scouting and, and trying to hunt the past two years. It just it stays under snow, you know, longer, and and so it just takes me longer to get up there. But right. when do you like to have all your, is there like a date you like to have all your scouting done by or you, or do you just kind of do it all, you know, all winter, spring, summer long, or do you, do you have like a cutoff point where you're like, I like to have everything done by like April 1st or by the time Turkey season comes in or whatever the case is. I
1: mean, I mean, if preferably I just like
2: to, to go do all my walking in the winter,
1: I mean, April, uh, January, February, March. And when, you know, Turkey season comes here, like I'm really interested in trying to kill those so i'll get out there and just like you know if i i'm 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 normally not in any places that i'm deer hunting but i'm turkey hunting so that doesn't do me any good oh really um okay i I haven't been uh so we'll go to like missouri or something and go to some other places and go and what's funny is i got a a place up in missouri that i need to go deer hunting like i can go turkey hunting but i've never went up there to deer hunt it and so uh i need to take advantage of that probably yeah but uh and and so i i, I like to do all my walking in in the winter and mainly and get off some new ideas and old ideas and and go walking and go look at google earth and go walk in and go look at google earth some more and try to come up with you know just just a new idea really that i think oh i think that'll work or nobody's probably thought of that yet maybe right and how? and hope and hope that next year because like you can make all the plans in the world and then yeah. like it's amazing how quick they can all blow up like in two days once <laughs> everybody shows up you know and it's yeah. like oh well what do i do now
2: <laughs> yeah ain't, ain't that the truth man that seems like almost i don't know it, it seems like that's almost every season for me at, at least yeah, so you know?
1: that's the bummer of the part is like you can really do some good scouting and find some good stuff and make some excellent plans but there's that uncontrolled variable of what happens once everybody shows
2: up. Yeah. There's, and, there's that. And I almost feel like sometimes, um, I do better, uh, hunting out. It's funny. My buddy makes fun of me for this too. Cause he's like, you do better when you go somewhere and you don't know anything. He's like, when you yeah. just get there and you just try to figure it out on the fly and you have like five days, he's like, man, he's like, you're always into deer within like a couple days, you know? Yeah. He's like at home. He's like, I feel like you, you outthink yourself too much. He's like, you worry. It's like, you and, know the spot so well, you know, that you're just overanalyzing and, and, you know, kind of trying to outsmart yourself as opposed to just doing what you do when you travel. He's like, cause that's, he's like, yeah. it, it, he's like, you've proven over and over that that give you a couple of days, you'll find, you find where a good deer are at. he's like at home, he's like, you know, you, you spend all off season kind of dialing stuff in and then whenever those things don't work out, you know, not that I'm reluctant to change, but right. I'm so kind of committed to, to a, like a, some areas. Yeah. Or you're committed it,
1: to this thing that you've thought about all year and planned on. And, right. Know. And I know in my mind,
2: I'm like, man, I should just abandon this, but I'm like, no, I know there's a good deer in here and, I, and I've seen it three years in a row. You know what I mean? Like, you know, right. it's just like, I just need to time it right. I just need the weather and I, I need the wind. I need all these things to kind of line up and it'll be good, you know, but and I mean, I yeah. can't complain in the past couple of years. It's like, it has played out well in one particular spot. I just have yet to get an arrow off in that spot. I've seen my target deer two years in a row in the same spot right. on, on the same date, on the same spot, same date in two years or two years straight Yeah, and just can't get an arrow off for, you know, a couple different reasons, but you know, regardless, right. it's just a tricky spot to hunt and, uh. And that's why they're in there to be honest. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, and that's right. Like, that was the appeal of the place. I was like, I know they're in here. All the sign is here, the inventory is here, the encounters are here. And the reason why they're in here is because man, they're really hard to kill in this spot. <laughs> right. But, uh, so man, I know last year, so we'll go to 2021, you know, yeah. uh, I got, I think it was right after I got back from Kansas or, Maybe I was just leaving Kansas or or something like that. And I got a text from you. And uh and it was just it was a little bit, you know, uh, you had a little bit of a different season. I get I guess you you would uh you would say yeah. there were some things that came up, you know, um that you needed to take care of and needed to be present for and things just kind of worked out, you know, where you were at, you know, at the right place almost at the at the wrong time. If right you place at the right time. Yeah, right place at the yeah. right time for a situation that you know would prefer not to kind of a, un, unfold but but did and uh yeah definitely and then it was crazy because like you know you kind of sent me a text saying hey this you know hey this is how my seasons went hope you're doing well you know how's Kansas you you were just, you're just kind of you're, you're just checking in you know yeah yeah and uh and uh I was like oh you know you told me what kind of happened I was like oh man that stinks you know and you know well that certainly stinks and then you know the part that you know you may not get much more hunting in and stuff like that is like it's a real bummer but at least you were right. you know, where you needed to be. And then sure enough, lo and behold, you know, I get a text, not too, uh, not too long after that where, uh, <laughs> you, uh, you you started filling some tags and in very short, order. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, t- talk to me a little <laughs> bit about the 2021 season, man. Cause it was, it was, <clears throat> it was kind of wild.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: So, I mean, um,
1: coming into, you know, 2021, I, I'd have to think back to 2020. I would killed a, a good deer or two in 2020. So I'm, I'm always looking forward to deer season and was ready and prepared. And I felt uh, pretty prepared that year. I'd had, you know, stuff in good order and was, was looking forward to. I normally take like a two week, you know, time off and just go sit in the woods and go hunt, you know. And mm-hmm. um, it had come, it would come up to that, that time of year. It was like, november 6th i believe which is a saturday and i uh, i drove up friday evening and uh and i was gonna hunt saturday morning and then uh i was already planning to come back saturday evening i had the uh, i had a girlfriend at the time and uh it was her birthday so i was coming back to take her out to dinner and be a good be a good guy and do all that stuff right and, um, which normally like I don't, I just go and, you know, but I came back. And so I was, I was coming back. Actually, i just got back to town and I was like on the way to, you know, get some flowers and stuff like that. But, uh, and then my, my daughter called and, and, uh, I'll have to tell a little bit of a backstory after this, I guess. But, uh, she called me and she's like, Hey dad, she's like, um, <laughs>
3: I'll
1: probably get upset. Right, But she's like, hey, I broke my leg again. Um, and when I say again, I guess this is where the back two years before this, um, she was playing softball and she had a collision in the outfield and she broke her her left tibia and fibula, her shin bone. Oh, dang. And she, she broke them both, just snapped them right in the middle. Um, and so she went through three surgeries. Um, she had a surgery to put a place in and then she had a staph infection and then she... Uh, she had another surgery to get the plate taken back out right everything was good she you know i didn't understand the severity of that but right she was a she could have lost her leg and then you know or worse you know so
2: yeah staff infections um, are or are, are, can be tricky for sure yeah and it was down at the
1: bone and it was on the you know so it was like they were like uh, they had to go in immediately and clean it up yeah and so that was two years ago like she had been through a really traumatic deal a couple years ago breaking her left <laughs> chin bone. right right <laughs> and uh and so anyways like we made it through that she did and and uh and so anyways this date rolls around two years about two years later or whatever and then she, she calls and she's like dad she's like don't don't be mad and <laughs> <laughs> yeah she, she's like dad don't be mad she's like but i, I broke my leg again <laughs> and i i just lost you know i was like yeah. what i was like what are you, what happened what are you doing like where are you at and she was like it, i'm okay she's like and she was talking fine she's like i was riding a skateboard and and anyway she went down the hill and went too fast and came off of it and just like snapped her ankle the same leg the same oh. tibia and tibia but like about down at the ankle you know right so like but like she just tore it up you know and so but i was like i was literally getting off at the exit of the highway you know which that highway would have led me to the town next town over which was where the hospital was going to be you know right and so like i I should have been in a tree two and a half hours away but like because of plan a i was back here and then that happened and and so like i just instead of turning right i turned left you know and yeah. and I actually made it to the hospital like before she did and she was like two miles from the hospital you know <laughs> and so like the, the people that she the house they were at like they they had put her in her car and in their car and got her to the hospital so I was there to help like get her out all that stuff and then yeah so she had just broke her ankle she fib, tib- fractured it like and and so she, you know that was that was that. Like, once that happens, you just have to stop and take care of business. You take, know? Yeah. You got to take care and, of family at
2: that point. You got to do, you got yeah, to be, you got to be, go into yeah. dad mode and be a dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're dad at that point And,
1: um, in which dad, I mean, you can't do anything, you know, so you're a helpless dad at that yeah, point. Yeah.
2: So. <laughs> that, that is the worst. Uh,
1: yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so, you know, and so that happened on the 6th. And I think we got to come home that night, but then, um, I think we had to sit at home for like a week before she got to have a surgery. Hmm. It was like seven days or something. And so, you know, we just sit here. I just, you know, help take care of her. Like, I could give you somebody that's hurt. Um, And, you know, all my stuff was still up there, my camper, all my stuff and all that. And my my brother was out hunting. So I was getting to, you know, live that through him and a couple other buddies that were just out and about. And I don't know, eight or 10 days into it. I. I got enough time where I could go get get my my camper and break camp back down and I brought it back home or whatever and um was just planning on taking care of her she had her surgery and going into rehab which that's a rough deal okay. and um uh, and it was about the 19th or the 20th I don't remember the date uh, exactly but she was starting to do do better you know make it a little longer be a little more comfortable and, mm-hmm. and so I'd asked my mom I was like hey do you think you can come over and and sit with her for like a uh, half a day, you know, maybe I could go out for the evening or something. And, you know, my mom always, always around to help. So, yep. um, she, she came over and I think she, I left at about 10 AM and, you know, it was about an hour drive and a unload and, you know, paddle. And so I was in the tree by like noon.
2: And so this, this was, Oklahoma, this was Oklahoma, right? Yeah, this was yeah.
1: Oklahoma. It was just about, you know, so, I was like, I'm just going to go out for the evening and just try to, just you know, clear my head a little bit. Yeah, and uh, I wasn't expecting anything or really wanting anything, is just to get out and and participate really. Yeah, and uh, and so uh, you know, I was in the tree by by about noon, and uh, yeah, about you know, three forty-five. You know, I I'd, I'd seen several different deer. You know, some small. Bucks and little does coming and going, but they things were kind of starting to get up and feed for the evening and move around. And I, I'd heard a grunt and turned and seen this, you know, buck. And I, I know he wasn't like a monster buck, like considering the circumstances. I was like, yeah, that's a gorgeous deer Like I'm, I'm happy to be here. So yeah, uh, I'll try this. And you know, he walked up to 30 yards, and I was like, man, just make a good shot. And so I, I shot, made a good shot. He ran about 20 yards and fell over and. And I was like, wow, that can I can't believe that it's happened, you know? And, right. um, and so that was really exciting, but I was like, um, on that one, I remember like being, uh, really excited to bring that one home, you know, cause I knew Easton would be, she would be proud of me and, and, and would be happy that, you know, I was able to get out and, and, and do that, you know? Right. And so I was able to do that, bring it home. She was super excited
2: and, and we had some good, good times with that. And, What, uh, what, what was it about the spot that, that you went to that particular area? Was it just, did it just happen to be the closest that, you know, the spot, like one of your hunting spots that was close because you wanted to get there and be able to get back quick or.
1: Yeah, it was just, uh, I mean, it was the closest spot. I mean, like it was the closest spot that I had like some decent decent confidence in that I hadn't obviously got to hunt it at all. Right. And, uh, and I think it was. I want to say the 19th. It was like the day before our rifle season starts. So I was like, there's a slim chance, you know, right before this starts and then the wind happened to be right and the float, you know, the access and the wind and all that was correct to go to that place. And then it was just like, you know, right before rifle, usually right before rifle is like a really good time of year and day to get a shot at one, you know, around here but uh it's like november like 19th middle of the rut basically before everybody gets out there but uh and so it was just kind of those uh those scenarios those mainly you know the wind was going to be right it's a it's a decent tree a decent spot it's kind of a funnel along a creek in the ridge where they kind of you know if they're going to come through there there's a good chance they're going to come through that spot you know through that area through that spot or whatever Right, right. And so it was just like that's probably my best bet to, inc- to encounter anything or see anything on on one evening outing, you know. <laughs> right.
2: And when you sent me that text, I was I was stoked. Well, because I knew I knew the what you were kind of going through beyond beyond yeah. that or whatever. So I, I was just glad, you know, what the text told me was one things were going well enough that you had that you're able to get away. So I was I was glad to hear that. And two, I was yeah. just glad you were able to get out. Um, which is nice. And my, you know what my first, beyond those two things, you know what my first thought was when I read that was, but, yeah, I, I said to myself, I was like, that sounds like a Travis Keith hunt right there. Four hours in the deal. Is sealed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't make that stuff up. Um, that's, it's definitely like
1: I have some crazy things happen. Like I have so many crazy stories like that. Well, you you like, do,
2: but the thing, ha- that, the thing that always gets me with, with you, man, and I know we've only known each other, you know, uh, you know a year or two and texting and, and talking and stuff like that you know right but you know is that your your spots your areas are so dialed that it doesn't surprise me whenever you go and you hunt for four hours and you kill something like some guys like if they right. told me they w- went in the woods and they killed something for four hours, like man that you'll never do that again you know what i mean like or right. you know not a good chance that that'll happen again but with you, it's like if you did that and then like the following year you did it again and the following year you did it again, like I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be like, yeah, that's sounds right. right. Yeah. Like his spots are so dialed in. <laughs> like he knows where he needs to be and he just goes to that spot or he goes to the right spot. And he sets up and he kills a deer in like four hours and he goes home. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. man.
1: Yeah. I, it, I I get surprised every time. I'm like, I think this the worst. But then when it does, I'm like, I can't believe that works.
3: <laughs> you
1: know, so, but uh, <laughs> that's awesome. And each year, when the eight year rolls around, I'm like, I'm like starting at the bottom of the barrel again. I'm like, there's no way this, that can happen again. And I'll look around or think about how many times it's happened, and I'm like, yeah, there's no way that can really happen again, you know. But it does eventually. So,
2: <laughs> right, right. yeah, exactly. Well, so then, like to top that off, so it's you know, not not funny again. You know, I guess yeah. ironic, I, ironic. I guess is the right word to to use. Was that you know, there was like a moment where you were like, man, I probably am not even going to get out. And again, glad to hear that your daughter was like on the mend and things were going well and stuff like that. And then you went from that to like, all right, I killed a buck in Oklahoma. And then it's like, well, not to be outdone, I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, extend this party to Kansas too. Yeah.
1: You know, so I mean, I'm like, chicken killing dog i mean once you once you get started like then (laughs) then you really get started i don't know
2: i don't know that i've ever heard that before but that might be one of my favorite phrases i'm like a chicken killing dog like it's it's funny because you know
1: like when you get a turkey and it's like okay i I got to go get another one Well, like th- the
2: funny thing is, is like I had a dog growing <laughs> up. Like we had, uh, we had, we didn't have chickens. We raised turkeys. My dad did. And we had a dog that, that liked to kill the turkeys. So like when you say yeah. you chicken killing dog, like it, it made me think of when I was a little kid and we had these turkeys and the dog would try to kill the turkeys. Yeah, so it's exactly. just, it brought back a very vivid picture for me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Well, I mean, So anyway, another the, way of
3: saying
1: the, like, man, once, once that happened, you know, like, you know, that it's like that is like the fire of passion again. And it's like, golly, I can't believe like the things I get to see sometimes or get to experience just like getting out there. And, and yeah, you know, it ain't me. It's just I put myself out there and like some, you know, awesome stuff happens a lot of times. And stuff.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that kind of ignited that. And, you know, I come home and I sit here for a couple more days and I'm hearing what's going on out there, you know, all these stories of bucks running around and the weather you know and it's just like god oh, i want to be back out there and i'm looking at google earth and thinking about my spots that are ready to be set in that have like no no human to go set in them you know <laughs> right right and the uh, easton was doing was doing good and um you know i i'd actually you know i had a kansas tag in my pocket and i you know told my mom i'm like well, maybe i can try to go up there for like uh, a day like go up and Maybe you can stay the night and I can get up early and drive up there and then, like, do like a you know, hang my stand and hunt in it and then come back. And she's like, Yeah, I can do that, right? And uh, I I'd, I'd looked at this one spot which I hadn't, I hadn't physically hunted it, it was a spot that me and my dog Bubba had walked um, that previous January. I have a cool picture, I think it was January 17th or something.
3: Mm-hmm. which we had walked
1: in a new spot in the winter and I found a good rub along the creek. and I was like, okay, yep. Nice buck lives here. And I I can put it in here and float that way. And when needs to be like this and I'll come back next November, you know? And yeah. so that's basically what i had done. i had been back one, you know, like in September and kind of re think, got familiar with how to get in and out in the tree and that stuff. And, uh, and so I hadn't, so after September, I hadn't been back since then. And, and so, it was like, and while I'm sitting here at home, you know, with Easton, I, I was looking at Google Earth, and I was looking, and I'm like, man, which day can I go hunt? And I was like, okay, no, November 23rd was the day I got to go, and I was looking, and I was like, it's supposed to be kind of a south wind, and this is that scenario I mentioned earlier, because I, you know, no-brainer was it was just an east wind. The creek is kind of running north-southish, and an east winds going to blow up back across the the creek and i can sit there and nothing will smell me but uh on that day the wind was going to be like southerly you know and right but kind of an oxbow there and i I was looking on google earth and i was like well i'm kind of out on the edge of that i was like that's going to blow it right up the edge of the bank kinda, and i might get away with that and it's going to be worth risking it on november 23rd this late you know going into late right like they're going to be moving if they're moving and i'm going to be there to I only get one chance anyway, so I might as well go give it a try. Right, and uh, and so that's what I did. She stayed the night, and I got up early and and drove up there and got myself put in and had got settled in the tree, you know, about a little before daylight, probably about daylight, I guess. Gray, you know, um, I think it was about. I sat there till like eleven. I'd seen a a couple other two small bucks and maybe a doe or something, and then uh, it was about eleven, I believe, and uh, those two two small bucks had found a, a doe and they had like started harassing her like seriously chasing her like bad, you know causing some commotion through the woods right and they had come blazing by and come blazing back through there and was just really making a lot of noise and and i was like i'm gonna rattle one so i was like because i don't think a big buck is gonna like go for this you know right, right, yeah <laughs> and so i kind of just rattled lightly a little bit and and from from the downwind direction, which my wind was kind of just going up the bank, I heard heard something coming, and I caught a glimpse, and I was like, "Oh, that's a good deer." And he was coming to check out what all that noise was, and then whose whose antlers, you know, clashed. Right,
3: right.
1: <laughs> and uh, he came sneaking in that little meadow with the cedars, and and I had to kind of crouch down and make a hole and make a shot, and and make it all happen real quick. And I I wasn't even sure what he was when he walked up. I could tell he was broken, and I thought he was I thought he was like an eight or something but I could tell something was broken on him and then but he walked up and I got a shot off and he took off um just like a the deer like the year before he took off about 50 yards and then he stopped and he stood there and he like his tail and then eventually they walk off hmm. slowly and calmly and I was like I shot that deer in the liver you know because I I have plenty of experience doing that. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> I
2: know, right? that We talked about that on the yeah. last episode. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and so I was like, I think that was the liver. And so I didn't, I didn't even get down for one hour. I just sat up there for one hour and then I got down and it's like, there, maybe 25 yards over to the arrow. And, uh, and the, this habitat was like, it's an oxbow. It's real thick, like edery. And so like, you can bend down on your knees and like, you can see long ways, you know, like, right. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly so, what like, you're talking about. They, they had an advantage, like seriously, if they were in there or laying down in there or something. And so like, I got down out of the tree and then I just kind of like, I called over to my arrow. I didn't even walk over there. because mm. like, they had such a visual advantage if he was around there. And so I called over to it and I looked at it. It was like, ever dark red blood. I saw drip, 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 drip. drip. And I'm like, yep that's liver i was like i need to wait longer and so i i go back to the canoe and then i just go float around for like another hour i go paddle up the creek and stress out down there for a little while and paddle back and kind of <laughs> stress out <laughs> down here <laughs> for a
2: little while <laughs> right just just walking you know, sh- just paddling your stress around is all <laughs>
1: yeah just uh getting it out and then in and and, and you know and, back of my mind i'm like i got a you know a daughter that's at home that's laying there with a broken leg and it's like i don't need to get into like a, a seriously like all day you know adventure but right um so anyway so i was like i i need to i need to give them time because my experiences have shown a liver shot deer can live a long time and you leave them alone they might uh go lay down and get sick enough to die or where they can't move you know nearly as good but right so alley I, I was only able to wait about two hours i would normally probably wait a lot longer than that right but i go back in and I, I just start crawling i go back to the arrow and i never even i never stood up once i just crawled from drop to drop and then i would look and glass and look and then i'd crawl to the next drop and you know kind of look under the it's like a canopy under the cedars, you know yeah but so you're like two three feet tall. So, canopy. And I'd crawl, crawl, and I could tell you he's just steady, steady bleeding and then kind of meandering a little bit. And I'd probably made it about 150 yards. And I caught a glimpse of something moving up through there and got to looking, and it was him. And he was laying there, you know, next to the cedar tree and he was panting and he was still alive, but he was, you know, he was sick.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And
1: I would have it was so thick in there. There was nothing I could really do. So I just kind of sat back and waited and it took about 30 more minutes and he eventually expired on his own. Wow. Um, But if I would have walked in there at all, like totally would have blown out. I think I would have jumped him up and he would have ran and like, I have no idea what would have happened at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: you would have been, been on a voyage like the last one is what would yeah, there. Yeah. You know what like, I mean?
1: the, like normally I'd have been on one of my normal deals, but right. Right. But, uh, but I felt, I felt really good about, you know, how I approached that one and going back to, you know, just crawling and, and recognizing how he, you know, when he left, recognizing that and then kind of knowing, knowing, a few of the things that i've been through before it's like man don't you don't want to run them run them off
3: but. right
2: so how long from the time that you got into that tree you know you, you kayaked in i'm assuming you kayaked in the morning right right yes yeah, so, so how long were you in that tree before you killed that deer
1: um it was about 11 o'clock in the morning so i mean like if i got in the tree you know
2: at daylight or whatever until about 11. Right. So you had about a total of eight hours of, of hunting time in for those two, yeah. For two yeah. bucks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that was crazy,
3: that
1: was man. Crazy. That's you crazy. You know, and the, the, it, which, which normally it's the opposite of that. Like I usually go and I spend a lot of time sitting like daylight to dark and day. you know,
2: right? I'll hunt a
1: lot in a lot of hours. And then, and then it'll happen. Um, and that time is like, there wasn't a lot of hours involved, you know, getting, in there wasn't, hardly any hours in the hunting park, but right. Um, but you know, and, and there was a phrase I'd heard, uh, is the summer before I, was, I think I was doing some running and listening to some stuff. Um, is a phrase i would heard and it, it. They said, um, delay is not denied.
2: Yeah. You, you texted, you texted and, me that dude. And I love that. I love that phrase. It's such yeah, a good phrase. Yeah. And that kind of summed up, you know, after that, after that happened, it was just
1: like, that kind of hit me you know that from the summer it came back and it's just like you know yeah I, I i sat at home patiently i didn't have to sit in, i didn't have to
2: sit in a tree patiently day to day to day but i right. sat
1: at home patiently oh. um
2: I, I and mean, that phrase yeah. is just a good life lesson phrase too delayed isn't denied i mean you can apply it you can it apply is. that to anything you know what i mean and that's, yeah
1: it is i mean it's uh
2: it's, it's a, been, you know, I, th- I think of like, you know, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning is jujitsu, right? It's, it's, you know, it's certainly in my journey to this point, you know, gratification is delayed because it's like, you're just never, especially early, you get beat a lot by everybody, yeah. you know? And so that gratification, you know, is certainly delayed, but it doesn't mean you'll be den- denied because you get increments of like gratification every now and then when, do so- when you do something right, it's like a small moment, right. Of, of that. And I think it's just yeah. important that you know. I mean, it, you can learn those life lessons a lot of ways. Some people learn them with jujitsu. Some people learn them through hunting. You know what I mean? And or realize them you know, or actualize them. You know, in different ways. And you know, I, I think it's I think it's awesome that you were able to kind of look back on that and and recognize that there was a you know th- there was a like a lesson there, right? Like, and that's the one thing. Oh, was, yeah. that's well, the one me... thing I always appreciate talking to you is like, there's always you're just you're very kind of tuned into like what the moment is giving you. And that's something I think a lot that's lost on a lot of people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, if I were to yeah try to sum myself up to somebody or to each one, each D or each hunt, like I always, I think there's a lesson at each one, you know, I learned this from that one or this from that one or something. Yeah. And there's always something you can take away from that. And then, um, <laughs> you know, just giving credit where it's due, where I, you know, where my faith is, where I believe these things come from, who made them, who controls them, and it's like, you know, if, you know, yeah, 100%. that's that's just kind of my my journey of it, um, you know, and kind of the delayed isn't denied. That's you know where that comes from. It comes out of the out of the Bible, and yeah. you know, just trying to work hard and and have a good faith and like. Um good things happen
2: and yeah um, when you put when you do yeah, that right- that's where a
1: lot of my stories yeah uh, come from i've have, I have some super good ones so
2: yeah I mean it's it, you 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 do the right things and you know you, you you manifest the the outcomes you're rewarded for the for that yeah, you know what I mean and that's yeah, that's what i that's okay. what I love about talking to you and, and getting the stories because there's always there's always a component of it that is uh that there's that, that, there's a deeper meaning than just the deer. You know what I mean, and that's yeah, that's yeah. What I, that's, that's what I enjoy.
1: That's I think my deeper connection to it. It's like it's not just deer, but it's it's life lessons, and you know, hopefully I can share them with somebody, and maybe it clicks with them too. Somebody, you know, yeah, yeah.
2: So and now, it doesn't have to be hunting; it can be like in anything. That's you know? it. So, that's it, man. It's that's, that's it, dude. I mean, if
1: if try to be a good example, I guess. Yeah, for sure. You know, and that same phrase. That, that rolls right
2: into the next season. <laughs> right. Yeah, so it, it totally does. It's funny. Cause it's like, it, it was like, that's just how I roll. It was like your two year mantra, you know what I mean? It was yeah. Cause, cause it was, we, we, we go to 2022 and, uh, you know, I, and you, I was back from Kansas. This is like December. You end up killing a good buck in late December. I want to get. To, uh, well, let me ask you this, because you ended up having a, a killer encounter in Oklahoma. Which one happened first? I'm assuming the Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Encounter. Okay. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: But
2: I want to end on that one. So let's talk about the. Let's talk about that Kansas hunt because this was the
1: Kansas thing. Uh, yeah, because
2: again, you. It was late December. Delayed isn't denied. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, you know, you're you're pushing your chips toward. You know, toward the end, you're like riding right into to, to late season to to get it done on this deer. So, how did that whole yeah? How did that whole thing play out? You know,
3: it,
1: it goes back to the middle of November. You know, my two week outing, I took off to go hunt. I kind of, I tried to hunt both spots, not you know simultaneously, but like sometimes I might be hunting up in Kansas, and the next day I may drive down and be hunting in Oklahoma. My brother is in Oklahoma, and you know. I was hunting in Kansas a little, little couple of days here. And then I'd go down and spend a couple of days with him. And then I'd go back a couple of days here and a couple of days there. And and I kind of did that for a week. And, uh, I had an encounter and I wasn't having any luck, hardly. Like I set seven days mm. this is how the beginning of my year, where my season started. I set seven days in seven different places. And like, they were all excellent. Like I felt really good about them. You know, if it's Oklahoma or Kansas, I'm like, Man, I feel good about this. But like I just wasn't seeing it. I wasn't seeing the deer. I wasn't seeing the animals, the sign, nothing. You know, like I thought and I would hear other people's stories and I'm like, what am I doing? Like I don't even know what I'm doing, but like I'm I'm pretty sure I know how to do this, but this isn't working, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I did that for probably a week and then um there was one morning in Kansas I had a I had an encounter with a a pretty good deer not a big like Candace deer but it was a uh, you know it's like like a 140 type deer and the best thing i can say is i flung an arrow at him, like i didn't even come close to him. right um <laughs> 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 and so like that had happened and i was kind of frustrated with that and then uh i'd go back to you know hung around my brother a little bit and they were having some good action and, and so about november 14th And I don't know what caused me to do this, honestly. Like I was in a tree, November fourteenth, at eight a.m. in Kansas, in a good spot, and I felt good about it. The weather was good. I mean, I'd I'd missed this deer like a few days before, but like I didn't spook him off. I didn't even scare him like that bad. So, and I I don't know. Like I've beaten myself up mentally. Like I I I'm my own worst critic, and so I'm Mm -hmm. usually at odds with myself. Am I doing this right or? if i've done something wrong like why isn't this working you know and, right and i sat there and i thought well i was like that shot you had i was like that was your chance you know i talked myself into. this i was like that was that was your chance right there like you just need to go you know go go down to oklahoma and hunt with your brother and have a good time and you know like if you get to come back fine if you don't fine like you had your chance like yeah. i won't be a
2: terrible critic terribly hard on myself i do the same thing if i screw something up it's like i get into the tank where i'm like that was probably the only time i'm going to have an opportunity this you know to me yeah i mean
1: i'll make myself pay for it too like i'll be like you you did this like here's you gotta do this now it's like you you know so and so i sat there and i was just kind of i guess unhappy about the whole deal and i like like i said middle of this perfect morning day and i'm like you know what you just need to get the heck out of this state and don't come back if you can't do any better than that. You know? <laughs> 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 and so I did like, I literally, I climbed down, I grabbed my crap and I went and hooked onto my, my camper and I took off and I just <laughs> went down to Oklahoma and I was like, all right, you know, bro. I was like, I'm I'm down here to hunt with you guys, you know, for now. Just, um, I did that. I just kind of moved camp over to Oklahoma, which I got to hunt that the next, that evening, which it was like a weird snow came in, which like, it doesn't do that much here. So I got to mm-hmm. hunt in this weird snow, um, kind of evening slushy and all that. And the next, the next, uh, day was the 15th, which happened to be my dad's birthday. And, um, I was sitting in one of my old baseball kind, kind of spots where I've shot a deer before and was kind of reminiscent on that and it was it was white it was snow and it was like gorgeous i never get to see that habitat like that and it was like this crystal and calm and snowy and you know along this river and all this stuff and uh and it had a, a decent buck you know walk up underneath me and i thought he was a, an eight pointer and i was like oh yeah that'll that'll work you know so i i shot that uh shot that deer and was able to you know have a good basically morning kind of taking some good pictures and right. uh, breaking them down on the river and just doing that whole thing. And like, it was, it's was cool. Cause I got him and got him back across the river. And I was, you know, set a tarp up and took good pictures and broke him down. And like, and about the time I was done, done loading him up, the snow was all gone.
3: Huh. And,
1: and it was like, that scenery had just kind of been laid for me, you know, like, right. and I had showed up and I felt like, I kind of listened, you know, to my, my conscious, my spirit, you know, and it was like, you need to just go do, go, go do something else, you know? Yeah. And the next morning, like I had this really pretty encounter and it was like, wasn't the biggest antlered buck, but it was like, I made a good shot on him and it was the scenery though. It was just beautiful. And then like at the exact time I was done, like I remember I picked the meat up and picked his head up and got it in the truck and I looked back across and what was white was all, ground again and it all looked it was completely different like hmm. nobody else got to see it but me that day that's cool you know and it was it, that was that was really cool and it was you know, like i said my dad's birthday yeah and stuff like that but um, uh, <clears throat> and so um so did man, you i think i got off got off track
2: that's all right all so that. so did, so, <laughs> so that went down so i killed then, that deer yeah did you go back to can did you head back to kansas then after that
1: i i i didn't i was like no i i, I was like i have the tag and i was like no it's like you 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 screwed up so you, you gotta stay out of there you know like you right. had your chance right i was like you have you have another tag in oklahoma and your butt your brother's here like just keep hunting with him and see what you can do you know try to kill a good deer down here like you killed a deer but try to kill a good one like you always try to do you know and right just you try to see what happens and uh even you know, my brother, he was having some good hunts, some good encounters, and uh, we had made buddies with a couple guys at a camp, camp by us, which, like, I'm normally, like, a, a loner, and I don't camp around the campground and stuff like that. My brother, he's pretty social, so right. like, we, we had made buddies with a, a, a guy named Kenny and David and from South Carolina and this other guy named Travis from uh, Wisconsin, I believe, way up north. So they, they were cool guys. We happened to kind of have camaraderie around the camp when we would come back. and, nice. and So uh, so I stayed there hunting around Oklahoma, and I <clears throat> uh, tried and tried and ended up, you know, not uh, getting another shot. And so uh, season winds down into November. I, I hadn't gone back, you know, to Kansas anymore. And so end of December has rolled around, and we we're having, like, the really cold, um, frigid cold front that came through. It was like four degrees and zero degrees and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, I
2: remember that front because my and, buddy was holding an Iowa tag and he was supposed to go back to Iowa uh, during that time because yeah. he he was out in Iowa during the rut and had a giant deer that he was that he had seen visually filmed it. It was like a hundred and ninety inch deer, and uh, oh god, he was trying to go back. Um, you know sometime late season to hunt him and you know he just that cold front popped through right around the holidays and he just couldn't he's he lives in ohio so he just couldn't get away that time you know because of you know he's got yeah he's got little kids and stuff like that and so it just was bad timing for the front because he couldn't get away during during that time and it was uh right it was a shame because you know giant deer out there and that cold front was just giant like, deer. <laughs> yeah it was just like primo like time like perfect timing of the cold front outside of the dates you know if it would have been like four or five days after Christmas or four or five, you know what I mean? Like he would have been in a, in a lot better spot, but anyway, so you got that front that I've right. been rolling through there in December.
1: Yeah. So it, is, it was frigid um, down here. Um, I have never, you know, really hunted, you know, I mean, I've hunted, but like, I'm, I'm not been successful hunting late season. I don't have like a plan and anything that I'm like, okay. Well, anything I'm good at, you know? Right. And uh, <laughs> I think, I remember, I'd actually called uh Eddie a couple of days before that. And I was like, Hey, I was like, how do I go about finding the, you know, one of these deer on this cold weather stuff? You know, I hear they, they get up and they feed a lot and like, you know, all that. like, is that true? Basically. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, Eddie, he's like, well, you know, I, you just got to get out there and get after <laughs> it, you know, and go find you, go find you a wheat field or something. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's and like, I'm like, all right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Go find a food source, you know? So right. it was, uh, it was, it was frigid one day and I was off i think i was off work but and uh, i was like well i'm just gonna go drive around and like see if i can learn something like see if i can figure this out are they on their feet when it's this cold like is it what they tell me you know and, and so i drove up to kansas and drove around one piece of public and i didn't i spotted the two does here and you know two does there and two does over there maybe and i was trying to figure out what was going on and it was thinking cold and I was like well I'll drive up to this other place and go drive around that and see what's going on up there and I was like there's a wheat field up there you know maybe there's something on that and uh, I I drove up there and drove by that wheat field and I, I didn't like stop I just kind of like drove by it and it's just, I didn't really notice anything but I'd seen a bunches of other deer you know out and about and on their feet and and so I kind of went to this third spot and I ran into like a whole bunch of deer crossing the road that were kind of headed towards that piece of public and and i had not, not hunted it i scouted it but i hadn't hunted it so i'd walk like i'll well, go walk off in there and see what's going on and went in there and spotted some deer like just spotted some deer from a distance you know they were up and feeding and active and doing like what you hear about i didn't see any big bucks down there i was like well i'm gonna you know just like make a this stock attempts like and see if I can even get close to these things like in the snow and right all this clothes and all that stuff so I did like a you know, stock attempt and I got within bow range like of the deer and uh and but they just wasn't like a big one thing. and I was like well that was pretty fun so back to the car and back to driving around and I I drove back by that that wheat field again and I spotted some turkeys like way out there at the tree line on the other side of it I stopped long enough to raise my binoculars to look at the turkeys. And then I noticed the buck that had ran off, you know, like when a vehicle stops on the road, like they usually pick up running. So that's why I didn't really stop the first time, but I didn't see anything either. So, but I noticed the turkeys, I stopped and then I noticed the buck running off. And I was like, well, there's, there's a deer down there. It's like that, you know, and I started putting two and two together and there was kind of a, there was a big drainage ditch that had kind of dissected that wheat field that headed right down towards where all of those animals were. And I'd already drove by it and I was like, you know, and then it clicked. I was like, that water is frozen solid. That ditch is like 10 feet tall. You can get in that ditch and you can walk all the way down there, right? To those animals, you know, Hmm. and then just kind of see what's down there. And so that was my plan. I drove back around and parked and just got in that ditch and just walked on top of the ice, you know, basically. Like all the way down there like once you get down there you can pop out find the turkeys and then you, you should be able to find the deer so that's basically what happened and got down there spotted some deer and then I, I spotted a pretty nice buck I was like man that's a that's a nice looking deer I need to get a little bit closer to it like I'm sneaking sneaking it got about as close as I could I was about 100 yards probably and uh, and then this I, I, I just kind of got to this tree I hadn't had to wait too long at all and this doe um she starts walking kind of my direction and the wind the wind is kind of from my right to left and if she gets even with my left she'll smell me but they're coming you know from from in front of me still so right um but she's she's walking out there and then i noticed this good buck is kind of following her and i'm like dang he's he's gonna follow her out here and i kind of range find her and she's at like 50 yards Hmm. and i'm like this is actually going to happen you know he's <laughs> going to walk out here but it's not going to be close i was like it's going to be like 50 yards <laughs> right, right and well he's a little bit farther than her so like it's like 55 yards you know and i shoot when i practice in my yard i shoot 50 like i have a 50 yard pin that's my furthest pin mm-hmm. but i'll I, sh- I shoot in my yard a lot 50 and i can hit it pretty good and, but all those clothes and all that stressful situation, it's totally different. Shooting oh, at totally. a deer is not like yep. shooting it's not like shooting in the yard. Yep. So <laughs> totally. <laughs> but I was I was nailed down, you know, next to this tree and I'm like, Okay, he's like 50, 53. fifty three. I'm gonna give it fifty five or so. I'm gonna hold my fifty high. And and so like I'm I'm I get draw back and she nails me. She sees me draw back and she's just staring at me and he he had his head down and wasn't noticing me. And I kinda of aim and then he stepped and he's like straight away and then like he kind of, like I'm at full draw for way too long. <laughs> 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 and it just felt weird and like my, my quiver was hitting the tree and I'm like, man, this just doesn't feel right. Um, and I remember thinking in my head, like, you do this and like you can drive nails in your yard. Like you shoot this shot all the time all summer. And so he got broadside and I just kinda of held good form and pulled good and I you know, I was like man God that I like, guide this arrow and I just let it let it fly and I heard I heard it whack he turned to run and I kind of saw that the arrow you know fly kind of it looked it was an optical illusion it looked like the arrow hit him and and bounced straight back out like when you hit a target and you hit a soft spot and it bounces out right like, that's what my eyes saw but it was it was the arrow passing through him it was the arrow leaving on the other side it was just slowed down a lot you know right And so, anyways, but I, I shoot and I hear it quack and I see the arrow, what I think like pokes in and bounces out. And I was like, and he, he wheels and runs off and I hear something crash, you know, off in the woods, he makes it up the field to the corner of the woods and I hear something crash over there. But, but I see other deer leave and I see a good buck leave and I'm like, well, he, he crashed and then got back up and, you know, there'll be some sign over there. I can start over there. Right. And so. Like, but I'm just gonna sit here a little bit and let everything calm down. And uh, so I sat there like five or ten minutes trying to calm myself down. <laughs> and that I look over there in that corner and I see like a something moving, and I see a buff, You know, like it's a, it's a not him, it's a different one, and it's a bigger one. Like it was considerably bigger. Like it's a nice buff. right? And he's standing in that corner. He walks over there and he stands, and he he steps out into the field like the corner of the field like as like say you you were to this look my direction like it was like he walked out there and just stared and he was like why did you do that right you know like and he was just a big majestic wide like 11 point buck Dang. and and then he turned back around and he went back to the corner and he stood there for like 15 minutes and then he slowly started he slowly was working his way off and and, and so once he started working his way off, I started kind of, I eased my way down there and kind of bumped him and he went on. And, uh, so I walk out there to get my arrow. I, I find my arrow and it was kind of covered in blood and there was some good, you know, blood spray on the snow and stuff. And I was like, well, that looks good. Like, that looks like I wiped him out, you know? And right. I was like, well, I'll walk over to that corner and start from there. Cause I'm pretty sure I saw him leave, you know, but I walk over to that corner and man, that deer had piled up. Like, he had ran for about three seconds and just piled up dead. Like, I double lunged him. Wow. You know, and and afterwards, like, what had happened is, like, that was, you know, I don't know if that was his dad. I'm just, but right. that, other, that other buck knew him, you know, and right. I, just, I just killed him. And, like, he walked up, I and mean, he walked out there and was just like, I know you're there. Like, I can't, I don't know where you're at, but, like, why, you know, right. It was a, why did you do that? You know, or something. I've had a, a different feeling about that situation. Cause then he went
2: and stood with them. And that's not the first
1: time I've experienced that. Not that exact story, but like,
2: um, yeah, I've one seen, time, you know, I've seen that before too. Like I've, I've killed, like I've not seen it. I've personally not seen it with a buck, but I've seen it where I've killed like a doe and there were other does yeah. with it. And that like the doe falls and then the other does kind of hang around her.
1: Oh yeah. You know, and yeah. Yeah. There was a, a time, long time ago when I was in Colorado with, with Claypool and he killed a really big uh, mule deer up at Timberline and I was up there hiking around with them, helping, trying to find the elk or whatever. And he had shot this deer and we come back and, and went over there to, to, to find it. And when we come around the corner from, from finding that, there was this button buck on standing there just staring at him, you know, and it's like... Yeah. You know what that is, like right. That was sad. <laughs> <laughs> that was sad. But uh, but, <laughs> well, but a similar scenario. No, you know that that big majestic gear kind of came up and was like, you know, he went and stood over over that
2: dead buck for like
1: ten or fifteen minutes, and I, you know, right.
2: That is goodbyes, I guess. You yeah, know, but the uh, at least but, with uh, this one though, you didn't have a no liver shot. And no long track time. Oh, so I know. that was so, that was so, <laughs> I know was it was
1: good. a good, it was a, yeah, it was an amazing, yeah, the arrow flew, flew perfect and hit right where it needed. And, and he was like, yeah, I'm only alive about three more seconds. And so, yeah, that was like, I was super stoked at that point. Sorry. Right. Yeah, that's, that's how
2: you, I wasn't, that's how you want to draw that up.
1: With, yeah, I wasn't going up there with intentions of drawing my bow back and really shooting at something, you know? Right. And like, like I, I, uh, I drove my little, I have a Toyota Yara, like mm-hmm. a little black Toyota Yara.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And that's I drive back and forth to work for mileage and stuff like that. I mean, I have a truck, yep. but that day I was like, I'll save some gas because I'm just going to be driving around, you know, like, I was like, oh, so I killed this deer and I'm like, I don't have anything to deal with this. Like, <laughs> I was like, how, I'm going to have to put him in my back of my car, like my little hatchback You sent Yaris. Me a picture <laughs> that, yeah, I saw. <laughs> <laughs> and uh. so... I, I didn't have anything to do. I was like, I just got to drag him out and get him home. And so like, that was, that was it. I mean, I, but I was happy to do it. I mean, like, yeah. 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 Mean, was, you
2: should you should have strapped him to the hood, man. You know, that's how they do it here <laughs> in Pennsylvania. They make it a hood it <laughs> <order. laughs> Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. But yeah, he fit in there good and made a good picture. So yeah, that
1: was yeah. Like, I was like, awesome. I was super, super excited.
2: So let's transition here now to the Oklahoma hunt. Cause that one we were talking about just like a little <laughs> bit before, and you were just, yeah. you were saying that, you know, it was one of those hunts that, um, you learned a lot on. Right. So yeah. I'm just curious what, and I know just from the times that we've talked, like, and it's interesting, you shot that buck on the ground in Kansas. Cause I know you, you typically prefer to be in a tree. I think we talked about that before, you know, just like, you know, you'll ground hunt if, if, the, if it calls for it, but you do like to be in a stand if you can and and stuff like that. I know I've talked to Eddie about that too. And you know, Eddie's kind of the same way. It's like, if he can be in a stand, he prefers it. Um, right. right. And so, you know, it's cool that that Kansas buck was on on the ground and then you had this Oklahoma situation played out like as a spot in stock that you were like, you know, you, you learned a ton from that one. So what, what, uh, what happened with that Oklahoma hunt? Uh, okay.
1: So, um, I was just probably, I shot that like that, seven-pointer on the 15th. I think I basically went back. To, the wind was still out of the west. I went back and sat in the same tree the next day, I believe, because I really didn't mess anything up. And so I felt pretty good about going back. Anyways, I only had one west wind stand anyway, so that's where I go, and that's what's my time from daylight till dark. That's pretty much how I ruled that one out.
3: Right. But uh,
1: And so I went back to see if there was any better deer, you know, a good deer that would come back. And so I, I sat there from daylight till, I think it's I don't remember what time it was, around 1 p.m., I think. And uh, I don't rattle much, but I just I just rattled a little bit. And uh, and then I did, I looked over this little berm, and I saw a good buck. And he's like 35 yards or so, and he's limping off. He was, he was, I could tell he was leaving, and he was limping. But I could tell he was pretty good. when like, mm-hmm. eight-pointer that was just narrow, real narrow, but real high and thick. And um, I was like, well, that, that was bad timing. He probably didn't want to hear, like, any sort of challenge, you know? Right. And so he limped off, and I think I sat
3: I can't remember if I sat there. I think I sat there the
1: rest of the day. And so the, the next day after that, I, I sat half a day. I, I sat in that same stand. It was out of the west. Is going to be out of the west, and then it was going to switch to the north at some point. And so, I sat in that same tree. Um, it was out of the west, and it was about. It was probably at yeah, one o'clock or so before things were going to start switching. And uh, and so I got down, and I was I was going to actually float from this west wind stand and float all the way down river, and I had a different tree that would work for north, which was like half a mile away. Or probably farther than that i guess it's probably like a mile but i was going to float all the way down there and save myself some walking right and uh and so i'm floating my way down there and i'm kind of going along this you know you can have like gradual beach, you can park and then you got like the steep drop off or erosion you know just breaks the bank off you mm-hmm. know and and i was kind of just floating with the current and i, I was all along that steep part and there was this i was like i want to see where the first deer trail is from the beginning of the steep to where they're coming down, you know, and I go a little ways, and here's like this. There's a deer trail, you know, coming down that steep bank, and I'm familiar with the area. I know there's some bedding probably right there and stuff like that, but I've never like tried to go up this banks really, and I've and so I've talked about my conscious or my little my little voice, my little guide, right,
2: <laughs> and it was like, hey, it's like you need to stop and check out that
1: trail. I was like, all right, and I
2: usually try to listen to that thing, you know. And it's right. Like, it's right this, more often than not. I would say, like, yes, it's the, always in, right. In, in, in general, you know what I mean. It's like anytime I've like trust my gut, and I'm like, mm, I no, it's up, I always sc- right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, that, that little voice is always right. Sometimes
2: the other one they sound the same, and it's like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> don't pull the. Pull the- like pull the trigger and it's like, no. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Cause that, uh, that little voice, I ignored it once uh in Kansas this this year and uh it cost me a buck. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, hey, like, you know,
1: it's just one of those moments where like you you need to listen and it was like uh you need to check that trail. And so I I whipped the canoe around and kind of parked and, and jumped out. And I can see these tracks coming down it, and I know what's right above it. I I know the place. I was like, I'm gonna peek my head up, and I'm gonna see some tall grass. Like, that's what's gonna be there. And so I take about, and I've got my release on, but I I take I park the canoe, and I jump out, and I take two steps up the bank, and then my voice and it goes, dude, it's like grab your bow. You have your paddle in your hand, and I stopped for a second, and I was like, ah, like two more steps. I'm gonna peek above the bank and then i'm done and i didn't listen i take two steps and i peek above the bank and i see tall grass and then about 10 yards out of that box that i saw the day before stands up mm-hmm. and he he limped his way down there and had laid there for another day you know and he he stands up and i dug back down and like it happened in about half a second my head poked up and went back down and and I took, like, two giant steps through the paddle down, grabbed my bow, put an arrow on it, took two steps up. And I was like, okay, I need – and I was in a totally terrible, awkward situation. But my right foot was way up high because I took a big step up. And I needed to take a big step up and have my left foot up high because I shoot right-handed, you know? Yeah. So my right leg is as far up as it can get. And that, like I said, that buck was about 10 yards away from the bank. He was in the grass. And so I'm like, he's gonna be over there. I'll be able to draw back, and then like raise up, you know. Right. And so my right foot's up. I look up at the top of the bank, and I see his antlers, and he had evidently got totally curious at what just what ducked down. Right. (laughs) And he had walked all the way over to the bank, and I was like, oh gosh, and. So I kinda raise my arrow up with my finger so it doesn't make any noise at all when I draw back. And I get the bow draw back and my right foot is way up high. And I'm aimed like at least a forty five degree angle. Up, you know. Right. And I can see his full antlers down to the base. And he's about like four yards away from the edge, but like if he takes one more good step. I'm going to be looking at the bottom of his chin, you know? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, if I see his head, I am going to shoot him like right in the head, like right, right in the throat patch. (laughs) And, and we, I was at full draw and, you know, we stayed like that for a couple seconds and then he busted and dear what do what bucks do. And he left. Um, I, I'm fully convinced, like, I had taped my bow this year, like, that camo tape, you Mm -hmm. know, that soft stuff or whatever. Yeah. I taped up, like, 100% of it. I don't like shiny, reflective surfaces. Mm -hmm. And the limbs and stickers and all that stuff, they're all a little bit glistening and whatnot. And I'd never done it before, but I'd 100% taped that thing up. But my cams, they're still, like, black, anodized, and shiny, and... I. I know I have a feeling like he could see that round thing, and just wasn't quite sure what that was. Like you know, the whole scenario was odd to him. Like what what jumps me up out of my bed
2: time then? Like what? Why did it disappear? And right, he just wasn't sure, so he he left. You know, so yeah. Um, and the and the lesson there is, uh listen to that little voice in your head. Oh my
1: gosh, the lesson (laughs) is listen to your
2: gut, man. Like
1: always, listen
2: to it. (laughs) Yeah it's immediately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it'll, it'll steer you right. You know, it's, and that was the hard lesson. Yeah. I've told this story. Oh like 100, gosh. 100 and
1: I, I knew it because like, you know, hindsight, but let's say, I listen, like, Hey dude, grab your bow. Okay. Grab my bow. I'd probably knock an arrow just to get rid of you. Not saying I'd be drawn back. Right. But no, I wouldn't even have knocked the arrow. I would have grabbed my bow, and I'd have took two steps up and peeked up there. And he would have like, stood up. I'd have ducked back down, knocked an arrow, drew it back. And now we know he would have been walking straight
2: at me, you know? And you've and already would have been up high enough to where your are would have been I would have I would been, been a
1: full draw at yeah. the edge of the bank and then raised up, maybe got an arrow off. Maybe he would have stood there and been like, whoa, yeah. what is that? Or he could have just took off and bolted out of there. You never know. Yeah. yeah. But I didn't listen. <laughs> yeah. I had a paddle in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> I had, I had a big I had a big bucket like 10 yards with a paddle so right
2: yeah <laughs> well there's was, there's was yeah. one story when I was in Missouri I had a I had a deer that was uh, my buddy Zach was with me filming it and um, it was for uh, uh, it was actually for Tethered and, it, and like you can you don't see the buck because it happened so fast he couldn't get the camera on it on the video but you see my face afterwards yeah. And we stopped along this cedar thicket. And uh I was like, oh, I gotta take a leak. So I'm taking a leak by this tree and all of a sudden we just hear all this, I hear all this crashing coming out of the the cedar thicket, and there's this doe running right at me. And I thought she was gonna run over me. She turns to like to her right, you know, my left, and just misses me. There was a little buck chasing her, and then like a hundred and fifty-inch deer chasing both of them. And they oh, both God. ran right by me. I could have reached out and grabbed that big bucks antlers. Like he, he ran by me that close. Like he never saw me. I, I still to this day. Don't think he saw me. I think he was just following That's, the ground scent of that doe. You know what I mean? And yeah. And the only thing I had in my hand was, was what I was going to bathroom with. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was like, uh, that was like one of the weirdest encounters I've ever had in my life. You know what I mean? It was, was that, yeah. but, uh, well, cool, man. Well, buddy, I, I, uh, I've taken up about, you know, an hour and a half of your time here. I want to be sensitive to your time and, uh, let you get on with your evening, but I always do appreciate you coming on, man. I always enjoy the stories. I always enjoy the lessons learned and how you approach things and how thoughtful, uh, thoughtful you are, you know, about when you're spending your time in the timber and just being aware of, um, what it's given you. Um, it's always, it's always a pleasure talking to you and, and I'm glad your little girl's doing good, man.
1: Yeah, I appreciate everything, and she's 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 doing good. So we're, awesome. we're back at it.
2: <laughs> awesome, man. Well, uh, let people know. Are you so are you on social and, and stuff anymore? Is there any, uh, any any place people could follow along on any of your hunts or anything like that? Not really, not really. Well, Okay, well, we'll just, <laughs> you, you got to tune in here every 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 so yeah, often to get. I'm the, bad about that. Stuff, to get the so. stories, but
1: yeah. Right. Well, you have to check in and and keep everybody updated. That's right, buddy. <laughs> Awesome.
2: Well, I appreciate you coming on, dude. You have yourself a good evening and, uh, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. All right, folks, that is a wrap for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for listening, and if you haven't yet, please head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast in hell. While you're at it, head over to YouTube and give us a sub there as well. I'd be super appreciative if you do those couple things for me. Before I shut this thing down, I need to give a big shout-out to our partners who continue to help us make this podcast possible. Spartan Forge, Tethered, Exodus Outdoor Gear, and Genesee Beer. And until next time, we'll see you all.